In the United States, about 15% of public school students are black, but only about 6% of teachers are. We should have our schools, the places that are educating the next generations, our schools should look like our country. That's Robert Parker. He was a high school teacher in Philadelphia back in 2017 when he was featured in an APM documentary called Keeping Teachers. My colleagues Stephen Smith and Emily Hanford worked on it. More than half the kids in public schools are students of color, but the teachers are overwhelmingly white women. This has consequences. There's a whole bunch of research that shows the lack of diversity among American teachers is a really pressing issue. So, for example, black students are half as likely as white students to be placed in gifted and talented programs, even if they have the same test scores. But when those black students are taught by a black teacher, the racial gap in gifted assignment pretty much disappears. Research shows The number of black men in teaching is especially sparse. In Philadelphia, Robert Parker and other black male teachers formed a group called The Fellowship, Black Male Educators for Social Justice. Their goal is to more than double the number of black male educators in Philadelphia, a thousand by 2025. The way they plan to do it, retain the black male teachers they've got, hire more, and convince black boys to consider teaching. Since then, the number of black teachers overall has increased in Philadelphia and across the country. But black male teachers like Robert Parker, the high school teacher, are still rarer in the profession. No one ever encouraged me to become a teacher Um, And so I didn't enter into the teaching field until much later, uh, after I graduated college. He got a job at a charter school that allowed him to teach while he took classes and got certified at the same time. A growing number of teachers are coming through alternative teacher training programs like this. They already have degrees in something, and instead of going through a whole new degree program in education at a university, they can get right in a classroom and start teaching. And the teachers who take these alternative routes are more diverse than the teachers who come through traditional university education programs. So America's public school teachers are becoming more diverse. The catch is that minority teachers have significantly higher departure, turnover, quit rates than do white non-Hispanic teachers. More people of color are becoming teachers. But most new teachers are still disproportionately white compared to the general population. And the people of color who do become teachers are more likely than white teachers to leave. From APM Reports, this is Educate. I'm Alex Baumhart. In this season, we've been talking about how the teacher workforce has been changing during the last few decades as states have scrambled to solve chronic teacher shortages in certain schools and certain subjects. We're looking at how the response to that singular and persistent problem, shortages, has created a workforce that is both growing and contracting, diversifying and becoming more homogenous. And we're looking at why America hasn't solved its problem with keeping teachers, especially teachers of color. So today, I wanted to check in with the teachers we talked to four years ago and find out whether the fellowship is on its way to succeeding at doubling the number of black male teachers in Philadelphia. And more broadly, I wanted to look at how non-traditional pathways into the classroom are affecting teacher diversity. This is episode four, The Rise and Fallout of Diverse Teachers. In the last few episodes, we covered the growing number of alternative pathways into teaching. The online programs run by both nonprofit and for-profit programs to get people with a bachelor's degree in something into a classroom. So one upside to the growing number of alternative certification pathways 
is that they've brought schools a more diverse pool of teachers to choose from. There's been many, many efforts over the last several decades to recruit more minority candidates into teaching. And this has succeeded in the sense that the numbers of minority teachers have gone up in this country. They've actually been going up faster than the numbers of minority students. That's Richard Ingersoll, professor of education and sociology at the University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education, who we've heard from in other episodes this season. And so in a sense, this increase in the numbers of minority teachers overall is is all the more remarkable because it's in spite of the fact that there's these higher quit rates amongst minority teachers. The annual rate of minority teacher turnover from public schools has gone up by 45% since the late 80s, in part because teachers of color are disproportionately put into the most high-need schools, schools that already have chronic high turnover. Teachers of color are two to three times more likely than white teachers to end up in a high-poverty, high-need school. But even there, most teachers are white, and most are women. In fact, because the teaching profession has grown so much among beginners, it's even more female than ever. My first year teaching, there weren't many black male instructors within our building. This is Robert Parker, the high school teacher in Philadelphia. I caught up with him in the fall of 2020, and we talked about how few black colleagues he had when he started. Uh, There were black men that were present, but most of them were in disciplinary roles. Um, But there were only a small amount of teachers, maybe two or three uh, black male instructors, and then maybe Three or four years later, we end up hiring many more black instructors, but they didn't stick around. Today, teachers of color quit at about double the rate of white teachers. When they leave, they cite some of the same reasons white teachers do, like lack of administrative support and lack of voice in matters that affect students in the school. But they also report isolation and being relegated to disciplinarian roles. That last one comes up a lot among black male teachers. Being left to handle the students who are acting out or misbehaving. It's even got a name. It's called the invisible tax. Oh, man, it was uh, it it, it was challenging. Um, I was one of those people who were, you know, in the beginning used as a disciplinarian or, or viewed as that once people saw my ability to manage classrooms. Parker was one of several black men teaching in Philadelphia who formed the support and mentorship group they called the Fellowship. He says the invisible tax came up a lot among the men in the Fellowship, especially when they were talking about maybe leaving teaching altogether. Uh, I think it was lack of support, feeling like their voice wasn't valued and respected as much as their peers, and that frustrated a lot of black male teachers. They felt that they weren't valued for their intellect and their ability to instruct, but they were more valued for their ability to manage classrooms. Parker himself is no longer teaching. He's now the assistant principal at a charter school, and he's happy about it because he says there weren't many black men in school leadership positions either. And he's still with the fellowship, though it became the Center for Black Educator Development in 2019. Parker serves on the advisory committee. And the fellowship's founder, Sharif Al-Meki, is CEO. He's continuing to build off the work he and the other members of the fellowship first started when they were meeting at restaurants and had just a handful of members. He says the first few years when he and the other black male teachers in Philadelphia gathered, he heard a lot about how working conditions felt unbearable. 
many men in the fellowship were among very few Black teachers in their schools, in a school district where Black students make up more than 50% of the total student population. Where teachers of color are asked to do inordinate amount of, of work simply based on their race, right? Like, you know, whether it's, hey, we need you to be the, the mentor for all the Black boys that may, you know, undermine by other educators' experience of the culture of the building, and they want this single Black male to serve as the mentor. Or being the buddy teacher where, uh, you know, other teachers can send them children who, who need, uh, they need to talk to a Black man, they need a Black male role model. Part of the reason Almecki started the fellowship is that he understood how detrimental it could be for students in Philadelphia, or anywhere, to go without diverse teachers, especially Black male teachers, and especially for Black students. Black students who have Black teachers have better outcomes in school. You know, the research that has been done has largely shown great benefits to Black students when they have Black teachers. This is Desiree Carver-Thomas. She's a policy analyst at the Learning Policy Institute. Several studies that have shown this, using data from Tennessee, from North Carolina, there's a robust uh, evidence base that shows that, you know, Black students are more likely to graduate from high school, take a college entrance exam, they have higher test scores in math and reading, they, you know, are less likely to be chronically absent or suspended or expelled. Black students with Black teachers are more likely to be assigned to gifted and talented programs. Black students with Black teachers are less likely to drop out. There are these long-term impacts where having just one Black teacher in elementary school is associated with, you know, improved outcomes in high school. So one thing the fellowship set out to do was to recruit more teachers. Sharif Almecki says he heard over and over again how little encouragement Black men got to go into teaching as kids. As members of the fellowship, none of us had thought about becoming a teacher Uh, or none of us was supported and recruited to become a teacher when we were in high school and college. And so what we saw was our colleagues, many of them white women, they remember as early as third grade, someone tapping them on the shoulder to become a teacher. And so, you know, really at the fellowship, we were thinking about, okay, what is the experience of Black men in education? What does the pipeline look like? How are people inspired to become educators? And we start our pipeline very young to engage high school students who are interested in being educator and activist. One of those high school students was Tamir Harper. He was a junior at Science Leadership Academy High School in Philadelphia. And a few of the members of the fellowship who are teachers at his school encouraged him to come to a meeting. Here he is when we talked with him back in 2016. All the brothers just came together and was like, education is the thing. Um, Dr. Hayes, Grimes, Almecki all of them. And I was like, this can be actually something dope. This is something that I can actually do that's fulfilling. Tamir had not been encouraged as a kid to become a teacher, and he'd not had many Black teachers himself. He recalled how his middle school counselor had told him he'd be just another statistic. I'm going to become uh, the kid that stands on the corner and drops out of high school. By the end of high school, Tamir had gone on to found a nonprofit called Herb Ed Inc. It's a coalition of students and teachers and administrators working in Philadelphia to reform school discipline policies, improve school building conditions, and increase teacher diversity. I caught up with Tamir recently. Today, he's a junior in college at American University in Washington, D.C. He's studying public relations and communications and minoring in education, and he's still running that nonprofit. I think that it's so many things that we have to address in the school district of Philadelphia. Um, It's one looking at what is our retention 
recruitment and retention rate of black male educators. It is looking at our disciplinary systems and our grading systems to also looking at how we're policing in schools. And he's still being mentored by members of the fellowship, like Sharif Almeki and former Philadelphia schools teacher Sterling Grimes. Samir Harper is the little brother I did not have because my parents decided to have just one son. This is Sterling Grimes, another teacher we talked with back in 2016. I caught up with him last fall. He's been serving as a mentor to Tamir for years. Members of the fellowship set out to mentor aspiring Black teachers and teachers in their first few years to try to help stop the exodus. But there was one part of the retention equation that was striking. I got in touch with most of the Black male teachers we talked with back in 2016. Almost all of them are no longer in classrooms. Most of them are administrators now. From the beginning of our meetings, which were probably in the 2014, 2015 range, I'd say about half of our initial group were classroom-based educators. By the time we got to, I would say, our, our, our zenith, where we had national coverage, we had a, a ton of, of support from around the country, we were hosting national conferences, I was the only classroom-based teacher left on that team. It was, in part, a byproduct of the invisible tax. Uh, lots of guys talked about the challenge of having to be that person in a building, authoritarian or disciplinary figures, and ultimately how that influences the way our teachers were pushed into certain leadership positions and the sort of dearth of Black men in classrooms that that ultimately creates under the guise of supporting us in development. I was probably from my fourth year on consistently getting emails and outreach from the talent team at our central office saying, so when do you want to come up for the assistant principal position? It's here for you. We would love to see you come into this space. And in my mind, I was like, that's potentially a route for me, sure. But if I leave, who's coming in? I've watched us replace half our staff over the last five years. How many of those individuals look like me? Grimes says the promotions can be a positive move for many Black male educators but he fears that many of the classrooms they leave aren't being filled with more diverse teachers. And it sounds good, right? Like we're, we're elevating Black men into levels of leadership. They now have influence and impact, and that's wonderful. But we are not actively recruiting and retaining teachers to the same degree. And so this, this issue becomes a challenge on both ends because we elevate individuals, sometimes for the right reasons, but oftentimes because of the convenience that it provides for others to not have to develop their own skill sets. And then we don't address the fact that those people are now missing from classrooms and the impact that that has on kids, on our school culture. Grimes himself is now a regional director for Teach for America. It's the alternative teacher certification pathway that he used when he became a teacher. But it was a really tough decision having to leave my school and see the fact that I was not replaced in, in a similar vein. And so um, it was... It was definitely an interesting experience and one that I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how do I remain connected to this space because I know the, the, the gap that isn't being filled appropriately. And so we continue to see this challenge because we're not addressing both ends of this very leaky pipeline. Back when we first featured the fellowship, their goal was to more than double the number of Black male educators in Philadelphia by 2025. I asked Sharif Elmeki how it's going now that they're four years in with four years to go. So there has been a, an increase in actual teachers, uh, Black men. I think it went from 350 to 450. Um, and so we still have a lot of work to do in order to uh, before 2025. 
Almecki says it's also up to state and local governments to invest in the kinds of teacher supports that the fellowship has invested in, like mentorship programs for black teachers, professional development, recruitment programs for high school and college students interested in education as a possible career track. He says school districts need to specifically create pipelines between themselves and Pennsylvania's historically black colleges and universities. The teaching force in Pennsylvania didn't become 96 percent white uh, by accident. It was because people were not tending to the things that uh, that were important. And one thing that's especially important, he says, is to make sure young black students look at the teachers in their classrooms and think, yeah, that's something I want to do. Some students right now sitting in our schools are deciding not to become a teacher based off their experience as students in, the, in our schools. That's something that we can address. And if we address that, the mindset, then that's probably the most important lever that we can pull um, as far as our own locus of control. And if we get that right, then I believe that we'll have even more students considering uh, becoming teachers. Uh, either replicating the the work of the teachers that they had, that they enjoyed, that they felt that were uh, positively powerful, or they'll consider becoming the teachers that they wish they had and knew they needed. At least one of those former students the fellowship got through to is Tamir Harper, that high school junior we talked with four years ago who'd been thinking about going into teaching. The one who started the nonprofit called Herb Ed Inc. and is studying at American University He's a junior now, and he's thinking about his post-grad plans. I think my dream job right after graduation is to find a teacher residency program that allows me to pursue my master's while teaching and a certification. I've seen the good, bad, and ugly of the school district of Philadelphia, um, and I want to go to the bad and ugly parts that I experience um, and show the students that, one, um, I am from the neighborhood just like you are, Um, And even when you are facing trials and tribulations, you can push through um, and fight against injustices and inequities um, and come out on the other end of it and come back and serve the community. But he doesn't plan to stay in teaching for long. Um, I think my overall dream job um, is twofolded. I would love to be um, the superintendent of Philadelphia public school system, um, but also would love to be the secretary of education for the United States. The future of the schools that Tamir Harper might run one day has a lot to do with if and how teachers get trained. And of course, whether or not people want to do the job in the first place, and whether or not they want to stick with it. Getting teachers to stay long enough to get really good at the job is key to student learning. Having a really effective teacher can help get all kids through to graduation and find success in their lives after school. In an unprecedented year under the coronavirus, teachers were deemed essential workers early on, and that is what they are. The research is in on why they leave and what would lead more of them to stay. Thorough training at the outset, support from school administrators, better working conditions and a good wage. All those things might help plug the holes in the leaky bucket and fill schools back up with experienced teachers who are experts at what they do. This episode of the Educate podcast is the fourth and final of our series on the teacher workforce in America. You can listen to all of them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let us know what you think, especially if you are a teacher or thinking of becoming one. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Educate Podcast, one word. 
You can also send an email to contact at apmreports.org or write up a review of the podcast on iTunes. This episode was reported, produced, and brought to you by a team that includes me, Alex Baumhart, Chris Chulin, Sabby Robinson, Will Callen, Emily Hanford, and Stephen Smith. It was edited by Catherine Winter and fact-checked by Betsy Towner-Levine. Final mixing by Craig Thorson. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. Thanks for listening. This is APM. APM.